Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in this afternoon. And uh, we've got a great show with a very special guest coming up for you momentarily. Opening segment of today's show, as it is every day, is sponsored by Justin and all the gang at Dickie's Barbecue Pit here in Hattiesburg. Great friends of ours, great food, seven days a week. Drive-through, takeout, home delivery, doesn't matter. They'll get it to you. They'll also cater any event you may have, large or small. So keep them in mind. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour. All right, we're delighted today to have a, one of our favorite people, Lady Eagle basketball coach Joy Lee McNellis on the show. Invited Coach McNellis on the show to talk about the transfer portal, how her program is being effective, and and uh, some things that are changing in the world of college basketball about kids transferring. And we're going to get right to that. But first, Coach, uh, your your battle with cancer is something that has been public, and, and I'm happy to uh, let our listening audience know that like all of us that know you, we're not really surprised by the fact that you're beating this, but you got a great report yesterday. I did. Thank you so <clears throat> so much, Bob. Yes, you know, God God is amazing. You know, you don't ever know which direction he's going to take us in. But yesterday we found out that the Tegresso that I am taking for my lung cancer is working. Um, I actually had two spots in my muscles that they weren't sure if it was cancer when I was first diagnosed. And those, they don't show any activity. Now, my thinking is if it doesn't have any activity, it's not there. Well, that's not the case. It's just not, you know, it's not actively continuing to grow. That's what inactive means. Uh, It does show still in the lower left of my lung, but there's, again, they said there's no activity, so it's not growing. And so that's what's important. Um, And I will tell you, you know, with prayers from you and Luke and so many people, oh, my goodness, you know, I just, I truly believe in the power of prayer, and I know that God's in control of this thing. And because so many people have asked him to heal me on their behalf, I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, So we will continue to move forward. I do have to have, because in my lung, I have a lot of fluid, so which is causing a lot of shortness of breath. So Monday, I have to go in and get a thorentesis, I think that's how you say it, or something like that. And they go in my back with a needle, and I've had it done once before, and I'm going to tell you, I am not tough at all for that. Right, I can imagine. <laughs> they don't put you to sleep. I'm not either, Coach. No, I'm not either, Coach. <laughs> and when I saw the needle the last time they did it, I thought I was going to faint because it's not a small needle. I mean, because they go through like under my shoulder blade mm. to get to my lung. Mm. 
Mm. To me, it just seems like you should go through the front of my rib cage and get to it. Seems like it'd be a little closer, but I guess not. Right, so. right. Well, overall, though, the news was really good, and I, I know so many Great. people are, are very happy, and, and, and certainly, uh, Coach, we're included in that list, so we're glad. Thank you. All right, I so you and I, that. Coach, we had a chance to visit some Friday night at the baseball game, and I asked you about coming on the show today because you you told me something, to be honest, I wasn't aware of. Uh, this transfer portal situation in college athletics has, has been bad, in my opinion, and, and probably even worse now that the NCAA has uh, announced that kids can transfer and immediately play one time. You you indicated to me Friday night it's already had an effect on your program. Yes, and, um, you know, let, let me back up just real quickly. You know, they've had that in other sports, you know, volleyball, I think baseball. Right, are you there, Coach? I think we lost her, Luke. All right, you can work on uh, getting her yeah, back I, up. We'll work on getting Joy Lee McNellis uh, back on her cell phone dropped, and, uh, yeah. Well, Bob will take care of that. But, yeah, when you look at look at the Lady Eagles, and Coach will get into this uh, with us in just a second, but you look at, you know, uh, it's been reported that maybe one of these Fab Four freshmen is in the, in the portal, and, uh, you know, Southern Miss was, was counting on several of these, you know, to be the foundation going forward as the Lady Eagles finish 7-12 and 12 this year, but a, a lot to do. I think we've got Coach back, yeah. Bob. Yeah, Coach, you're back with us. I'm sorry, my earring hit the phone. <laughs> well, no problem. All right, so you you were telling, and you're right. Th- this has been this this uh, one time transfer and play the next year has been uh, has been around for some of uh, some of the other sports, but now suddenly basketball and football and I think baseball are now and now involved. And uh, I hate to say it, but you, you've you've lost one of your Fab Four yes. freshmen. Yes, I did. I lost uh, Shakai Warmsley. Um, that. You know, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought she would be the one to transfer. Uh, but she just felt like she needed a different place, and she took the most shots on our team, started the most out of any freshman, did not make the all-freshman team, and I felt like we all felt like she should have made it. Uh, obviously, we nominated her. Uh, that bothered her. She just didn't feel like that. It was the right place, and that she needed to see where else she could go that might even be a little bigger than us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will tell you, it broke my heart just because of our relationship that she and I have. Um, and so I hate that. She ended up at Tulane is where she ended up going, and I wish her the best there. Uh, but I will tell you, some programs, Syracuse women's basketball has lost 11 players. UTEP in our own conference in women's basketball has lost five players. FAU that had a great run this year has lost four players. I mean, it's just nuts. Mm -hmm. And this is my thought, and I said this the other night to get the baseball game. I just think we are setting our young people up. uh, Or we are allowing things to happen that will make them get instant gratification immediately. But at the same time, we're not teaching them to handle challenges. We're not teaching them to handle things that don't go their way by allowing this. This is just my opinion, you know, because I think 
biggest struggles of any college freshman, whether you're an athlete or just a student or in the band, whatever. But a college freshman, it is difficult. You've got to eat someone else's food. You've got to eat, you know, you're sleeping on a different bed. All those things happen. And then when you flunk your first test, now you feel like the world's caved in on you. But we have to give our young people today tools to help them overcome adversity and deal with it. You know, we hear all the time about depression, anxiety. Yes, we all have had that. We all have. But what are our young people going to do when they get in the real world and they face adversity when they were able to jump ship as college athletes? Right. I agree. That's what I just really struggle with that part of it, of what we're teaching our players. And we were very fortunate. We've only lost one. Um, and if, if on the final four teams, men and women both, both teams were filled with transfers from even last year that either the coach got fired and they transferred in or they, they had a home situation. And so from my understanding, the NCAA just was flooded with waivers of why you should be able to transfer and play immediately. So the easy thing for them was, okay, let's just go through a, a, a blanket waiver and let everybody have a one-time transfer. All right. Luke, get in here with Coach McDowell's. Coach, we may run up against a hard break here in a minute, and uh, we'll just uh, hit pause okay. and, and start back. But something Coach Ladner said last week to us, which I think is really, uh, really, really true. You wake up every morning now, not only having to recruit players that are not in the Southern Miss women's basketball program, uh, and it, it proves its way with Warmsley. You're having to recruit your own players, also. Oh yeah, you know you have to. You know you've got to make sure that they're happy with whatever it is, and. You know, I've had one coaching friend say, well, out goes discipline. I said, well, not with me, because I believe kids want discipline. They don't, might, may not like it at the time, but they want discipline. But you do. You have to make sure that your needs are met. But I'll give you an example. I've had a friend of mine that coaches at the mid-major, and she, lost, she really believes she lost her kid because of cost of attendance. Because going up a level in play and her cost of attendance goes from 350 a month to 900 a month. And you're looking at a kid that can go somewhere and play. It's not like if they jump to a power five, but just now their skill set's improved and now they can go to another school and get $900 a month as opposed to 350 You know, that's, that's the truth. And I don't want that to happen to us at Southern Miss. You know, we've got to make sure we get to a level so that we can compete to keep our players at home once we recruit them. All right, we're talking to head basketball coach Joy Lee McDallas, a Lady Eagles coach, of course, about the transfer portal and how it's affecting college basketball. When we come back, I get Coach McNellis to give her, her thought, give us give us her thoughts on how this is going to affect the future of women's collegiate basketball and uh, what she and other coaches are going to have to do to uh, to maintain their rosters. Coach Joy Lee McDallas on the Eagle Hour after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. We're talking to head basketball coach Joy Lee McDellis. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great place to buy your Lady Eagle 
Basketball Apparel. They're right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. You can also shop them online at campusbookmart.net. All right, Coach McDowell. So now we have uh, thousands of kids, hundreds of kids in the transfer portal. Oh, yeah. Uh, Now kids can transfer one time and immediately play. What does this do to the future of women's collegiate basketball? You know, I, I think the future, honestly, is unknown. My biggest concern is that as being in a mid-major, we're going to have to put a shield or build a hedge around our players. All mid-majors will because what's going to happen, the Power Fives are going to come in and try to swoop in to go through club coaches, go through high school coaches, not necessarily go directly to the player. But go around and figure out ways they can find out, hey, is she happy there? Hey, is, is, is she thought about leaving? Whether the kids even thought about it or not. But it plants a seed. And that truly is a major concern of mine, that we take young players. I'll give you. I'll go back to Jamera Faulkner and Brittany Dinkins. You know, they were players that had much success in our program. But their first two years, it was not much success. I mean, they, they were good, but they were not really good. And then they blew up. And so then they were able to have unbelievable success with Jamira getting uh, drafted and Brittany having an unbelievable career in Europe. You know, those two kids, the Pels swoop in to recruit them. And that's what's happened. And, you know, that's where it's headed. I, I hate to say that, but that's where it's headed. Mm, not good. Uh, Luke? Coach, uh, I want you to speak about this, and it's, I, and I don't, I, I totally agree with you. I'm not just saying that because you're on the program, but I think we're setting up our our, our students to to fail. There we go. Earrings strike again. Yeah, with uh, we got her back with with All Coach right, McNellis. All right, Coach. And the reason I'm asking this question is not is not because you're on the show. I totally agree with you. I think we're setting people up to fail. But the counter argument is. Why shouldn't students be able, student athletes be able to come and go? Because as we see so many times on the Power Five level, coaches jump at the best opportunity. And, uh, you know, I've got some thoughts about that, but, you know, that's a common argument that we hear that would, that would be, you know, that would strike back to everything the three of us are saying today. How do you respond to that as a coach? Okay, I, I unfortunately I, we're having a lot of phone trouble here. Let me. Uh, I got you. Let me see if I can get her back. But but it is a while you do that. Yeah, I'll just kind of un- talk about through through mine. You know, it, it's one of those things where you see you know a, a Saban or a Sweeney or you know we we've experienced it with uh, with Todd Munkin, you know, leaving and hopefully we we have Will Hall for a while and and the argument is uh, the, the poor student gets left in the dust. While you know the coach is making uh, you know hundreds of thousands or, or millions of dollars, and so why should the student you know be loyal to the school? And and people forget all that goes into what students pay. I mean, what what students get get paid for? Name and gym likeness is is the big conversation now. But I mean, when I was on scholarship at Southern Miss, I got my classes paid for. Uh, you know, I I. I got my my housing paid for. I got my food paid for. I got clothes. We went to a bowl game. I got all that stuff, and it just it just seems as if uh, students continue to want more and more. Coach, I think you're back with us. Is that right? Right. Yes. I'm sorry. You all know right. what? I, to the, answer the, your the, question. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, to answer your question, I think that if a coach leaves, then every kid should have an opportunity to leave from that program if that's what they want to do. Um, I will tell you, there are some coaches that hop around, hop around a lot. Now, I just don't believe in that. I, I have told former assistant coaches of mine that are head coaches, you need to get planted for a while and, and make a move. And, you know, the latest, obviously, is Kim Mulkey leaving Baylor after 21 years, or ever how many years she was there, going to LSU. Um, and her players were very involved on Twitter and social media saying that she wasn't leaving. They were laughing about that she wasn't leaving. But, you know, those kids are crushed that she left. So I get yeah. that part of it. I, I get it. Um, and so I just – I think – my personal opinion is if a coach leaves, then the kids have a right to leave and transfer immediately. Uh, I guess that's I think selfish, I think that's a great take but, at it, and I think that's a middle ground that that's appropriate. Uh, for, for me, I mean, and, and I was, you know, one of those guys, I, I had Jeff Bauer there the entire time, and, of course, your track record speaks for itself. You've stayed at Southern Miss. But, I mean, for me, it wasn't just uh, – I wasn't just committing to a, a coach. I was committing to an institution, a team, a university, a fan base. And I think we've kind of lost that going forward. Yeah, we're having, uh, obviously, a lot of difficulty on their end. Here we got her back. All right, Coach, we, we're losing so, you a lot. But so we anyway, Coach, we feel, you know, <laughs> we we feel I feel I felt like I committed to the University of Southern Mississippi, not to an individual person, and I didn't want to. And again, as a punter, I would have never have transferred. But still, I mean, I was committed to Southern Miss, and I think that gets lost in this day and age. Oh, it does very much so. But I think different from you, Luke, and from people even in my generation. I know I'm a lot older than you, but you know. Kids today have to have somebody. You know, kids back then, we were able to do things on our own. Now, yes, we loved our coaches. The coaches played an important part of it. But I think today, more than ever before, our society is needy. And I think young people need to have relationships with adults to be able to help them sort through things in life. So I think that has a play in it for when that coach had opportunity to leave because you probably, you know, ended up going there nowadays for the coach and the university. Right. Coach, have you sat down with your team since all of this stuff got ramped up and, and, and talked to them about the things that you're discussing with us? Well, what we did at the end of the year, we had individual meetings with our players, and we just went through things individually with them, you know, asking them, you know, are you staying? Uh, what are your thoughts with all of this? You know, so we did it right after our season ended. Actually, we waited two weeks and then got involved in conversation, all of our staff, with each individual player so that. You know, they could understand and we could understand where they were because if you're not, you could do some recruiting in a hurry. Right. And um, so I just felt like you have to attack it early to be able to know what cards you're dealt to be able to. Right. And I, I will say this, you know, 
we have recruited the transfer portal. We got one young lady, Macy Weaver, from the University of Arkansas. Uh, she's been, she is a grad transfer, so she's been there and never made their top seven or eight to play. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I understand a kid like that leaving that's never got to play and wants to go somewhere where she can play. To me, I, I get that. I get that. Um, and so, you know, Pauline Love that used to play for me was on our staff here. Pauline coached Macy at the University of Arkansas. So that gave us a little bit of insight of what Macy was capable of doing with practice film and those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think if, if you go there four years and you don't ever get off the bench and you can get a year back, go play. Go play with D2, NAI, go have Fun. an unbelievable year your senior year. And, wow. and I understand that aspect of it. Wow. But, you know, even in the transfer portal, as we are hunting a guard right now in the portal, uh, the thing is, is that you got to make sure that it's not reasons why they're in the portal that would be negative or detrimental to your program. So you have to do research uh, on why. Why are they leaving? What are they thinking about? You know, is it a coaching change? What What is it? Mm-hmm. And so because – I mean, like right now, I'm going to tell you, we have a fine group of young ladies, high character, committed players. I mean, we just, we love our team. And I will tell you, you know, I want to make sure the people we bring in does not deflect, uh, I guess that's not the right word, but does not bring, you know, negativity into our program. Because we're right now set at a stage where I would like for us to be and putting things together to be able to, to challenge for conference championships. Right. Well, Coach, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us today. It was interesting when we talked Friday night, and I was grateful that you were willing to come on. We're very happy about uh, your health, and uh, we look forward Amen. to having you back on the show soon and look forward to another great season from your basketball program. Yes, sir. Thank you all. I appreciate you all for having me on. All right, Y'all have a great day. All right. Coach Joy Lee McNellis, everybody, women's basketball coach at Southern Myth. This thing is a mess, Luke Johnson. Real quickly, do you think that this is going to be reversed, or or is this just the future we're looking at? If it benefits the Power Five, it stays in place. Well, there you go. All right, we'll locate Kelly Center. We've got a lot of other Southern Miss sports talk to discuss with you right after that. Southern Miss to the top. Great talking with uh, Joy Lee McNellis, and I'm sorry we had a little technical hiccup with her, but 
glad that she was able to come back on and finish that interview. Really, really good perspective and uh, great insight, uh, you know, from a coach's perspective, how to look at the transfer portal. And, you know, Coach, Mc- coach McNellis kind of laid out more of a hybrid approach, what happens when a coach leaves, and appreciate that. And just so thankful, praise the Lord, for that great uh, health uh, report she got earlier in the week. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Of course, they'll be showing all four games of Southern Miss uh, versus Rice uh, this weekend. Eat all the rice you can, stomp on all the rice you can, throw all the rice you can. It is Beat Rice Week here on the Eagle Hour and in Golden Eagle Nation. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. It's Wednesday, so we go down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Patrick McGee of the Bluxy Sun-Herald joins us. And Patrick, kind of to lead it off, Eagles went into this weekend against Western Kentucky, kind of 14th, 15th, and, you know, uh, specifically also Warren Nolan kind of is alive updating D1 weights uh, a day or two. But the Eagles have kind of fallen down to 18, and then this morning 21, and, Eagles won the series three to one, but how big kind of looking forward was that loss on on Sunday to Western Kentucky? Uh, it was really potentially just as big as the uh, Sunday game they lost the weekend before. <laughs> I mean, that's a couple of disappointing Sundays back to back. I mean, uh, you were in position to move in the first place in the in division ahead of Louisiana Tech, and uh, you know, and Tech's in danger. This weekend, I think, going to Middle Tennessee, I mean, there's a chance they could lose two games there as well. So, I mean, uh, Southern Miss really had a prime opportunity to grab first place and maybe hold that on for a week or so before uh, they start to uh, uh, hand out host sites on uh, on, the week of the, on, on the week of May 10th. So, Southern Miss could have moved in the first place. Obviously, the RPI will be looking prettier right now, probably around 16 or 17. Um and, you know, you would have seen, I think, Hattiesburg start to show up in some of the uh, uh, regional projections. I mean, if if you win, if you had just held on against Tech the week before and beaten West Kentucky this past Sunday, I mean, Southern Miss would be in a great position. Uh, so it's it's really just, I mean, that's, that's college baseball, though. You're going to have some unpredictable moments. You're not going to show up and play very well here or there. So... It's it's baseball. I mean, this is you know, Southern Miss fans have seen this over the years where you lose a game, late game or two at FAU or something like that. It kind of uh, knocks you down a notch or two. It's all about uh, Southern Miss has got to go to Rice and sweep now. Uh, they absolutely have to sweep. Won't be easy. Charlotte either. kind of no, it it won't no. be at all. Uh, Charlotte kind of now fr- forefront in the regional talk. They're tenth, but. Still looks like Conference USA will be a four-bid league, Old Dominion at 18th. Both of those teams, RPIs, will not move at hardly at all as they play each other again. Eagles at 21st, Tech slid all the way down now today. They're at, they're at 26th. Um, Patrick, you know, we, we saw some projections. Projections are projections, but it appears that the Eagles would, would uh, probably go to Starkville, and that kind of opened up a can of worms that, that I stood on the street tops and yelled yesterday about Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss is a regional team right now, so it would seem as if if the Golden Eagles are going to be a two-seed, it would be in Starkville. Yeah, uh, probably so uh, at this point. I mean, obviously, they've shown some willingness to move Southern Miss around on occasion, whether it's at Arkansas or Florida State. Uh, I, I guess, you'd hate to be sent to, to Arkansas again, especially how good they are this season if you're Southern Miss. But I guess that remains an outside possibility. But Starkville does make a lot of sense. Uh, but, I, I, you know, if, if Southern Miss is a really strong two-seed, I think maybe they shift them somewhere else. 
because you know if you're a strong two seed, they usually send you to to maybe a, a team that's seeded fourteenth uh, uh, or fifteenth overall. Uh, so it, it would it would you know, but yeah, I mean, state makes all the Starville makes all the sense in the world right now for Southern Miss. It would, uh, and, and I agree that Ole Miss right now is falling off as a potential host site. Uh, uh, it's you know it, it'll be interesting to see how things shake out, but uh, really you know we'll, we'll know where these regionals are going to be taking place here in a week or so, and I think we'll have a pretty good idea where Southern Miss is going to end up. Uh, but, but all signs right now, I'm with you. Point to start, Bill. But but Bob, you know you you think about that, and I, I'm totally agree with Patrick. You should be rewarded as a two seed. But the Eagles, what, uh, Nick Sandlin's year, we were 41 and 16, or 40, no, we were 43 and 16. 43 and 16, you win the conference tournament, and you get shipped to Arkansas. Now, and it was against a really good DBU team. Right. It just, you know, yeah. I, I think the Eagles are going to get messed over no matter what, even though they might end the season as a top 20 RPI team. Right. I, I think getting sent to Starkville, Patrick, we saw we saw a projection yesterday. That's just a projection. Mississippi State, Southern Miss, South Alabama, and North Carolina State. What kind of reward is that for, for having a good year? Well, for college baseball fans in Mississippi and Mobile, that would be a, a Christmas gift because, I mean, that would just be a crazy – uh, regional, but I mean, it's uh, for Southern Miss. No, I mean that's that's tough. I mean that that would be a uh, a really tough regional to go into and expect to win. But uh, really, it's it, it this year is really going to be just unfair, no matter what. You know, I mean, there's just it's just it's kind of in the uh, cards with them uh, naming the regional sites early on. It, it's just going to be really unpredictable and odd, kind of going in how this shakes out. You know, maybe even if COVID protocols uh, change how they hand out some of these regional regional sites, that kind of remains to be seen. Uh, so it's it's going to be really unpredictable, I think, in how things shake out. We, we talked about this yesterday on the show. My, my brother Luke got a little upset, which I understand. You know, about, about Ole Miss being, and I don't want to single out Ole Miss, but Ole Miss being continued, uh, you know, projected as a, as a regional host despite losing series. After series, after series, after series on the weekend, you really believe that Ole Miss is falling out of the regional host picture? Well, I mean, I, I think it's headed that direction. I don't think. I mean, they're ten and eight in conference play right now. I think they would probably want to be one of the last three or four teams to host at the moment. I'm just thinking maybe within a week from now. I, honestly, I don't even know who Ole Miss plays this weekend. Uh, I'm not sure. South Carolina, yeah, South Carolina. South, well, yeah. So, I mean, if things, you know, if they lose another series, I think this weekend, I think they are out of the host picture. Right. All right. So, uh, evaluate Southern Miss baseball at this point of the year, Patrick. How would I? Re- how how, would I how re- do you evaluate the team at this point of the year? Uh, well, I mean, right now, I, I guess you're kind of back to being a little bit concerned about the offense, uh, the the lineup, uh, Reed Trimwab, you know, missing, you know. You hope he's back and ready to go this weekend. Uh, getting plunked on the knee. Uh, Fletcher's back and he's hitting the ball well, and that's really encouraging. But uh, Southern Miss really just has to, uh, you know, consistently produce at the plate every game from here on out. They can't have an off day like they did uh, against West Kentucky on Sunday. And really, you know, they could have hit the ball a little bit better all weekend. But uh, I mean, pitching is outstanding. Uh, you need a little bit more consistent play out of your bullpen uh southern miss isn't playing its best baseball right now so if they get hot here in the next week or two uh 
uh, I mean, they really need to get hot at Rice. I mean, they need to go out there and put up some crooked numbers and, and really put it on Rice uh, to kind of uh, bolster themselves if they want to have any remote outside shot of hosting the regional, which is, is which I would call remote at the moment. Right. So you have Rice, and we talked about this yesterday. That's always concerning when you go play them. You never know what to expect. But you got a Middle Tennessee team coming in here that's above 500. You got a Florida mm-hmm. Atlantic team there, which you know that's not going to be easy. Uh, there's right. there's a lot still to be determined, isn't there? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you want to, you know, I don't know. It's it's going to be weird. I mean, I, if Southern Miss wants to be a two seed, they really need to close strong. Uh, you know, there's some danger, like you said, of of you know things kind of going a little bit sideways if they don't start hitting the ball a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Rice is a series you should win. Middle Tennessee's not going to be an easy series, I wouldn't think, and that's a really low RPI team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to have a bad weekend against them or your RPI can really drop. And Florida Atlantic is always really difficult, uh, no matter how good they are. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, in Conference USA, is a good conference this year. You know, when Middle Tennessee is one of the worst teams in the league, I mean, that's, you know, they're still a solid above 500 team. RPI right. is really weird this year. They're at yeah. 216 as above 500 team, which I don't understand. Right. Uh, so there's yeah. there's some there's some pitfalls. All right, Luke, about about me. a minute left, Patrick. Give me your thoughts about Saints' first round pick tomorrow night. Well, I think it's obvious they're going to go with cornerback. Uh, I'm I'm on, I'm a, the, I'm in the group that that doesn't want them to draft Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech. He's just too injury prone. I think there's several corners out there that could probably provide what they need. I mean, Farley can't even be there at the draft deal because he just tested positive for COVID. The poor guy just can't catch a break. Uh, so uh, any cornerback, but Farley is super, super talented, but I just don't want him to take that risk. Hmm. Cornerback. What huh? if What if Tony or Elijah Moore are available at 28? Uh, I mean, it's 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 tempting, but that corner spot is just so important. They've got to fill that other corner spot, and Lattimore is a little bit kind of in a weird spot himself. So I think corner is more crucial right now. I think the receiver position can shake out fine. All right, Patrick, we'll try to get you a little more airtime next week to talk about the draft, and I'm sure you're dying to talk about Fitzmagic and the Redskins. So we want to uh, make sure (laughs) – am I right about that, Patrick? We want to make I'll, sure. I'll do my homework before next week. And All right, we'll get Patrick. There's no homework to do on the the Washington football team, Patrick. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Patrick McGee, everybody, will be back next week, and we'll be talking Southern Miss baseball and the NFL draft. And him and Luke, I'm sure, have plenty to talk about regarding the New Orleans Saints. Thank you, Patrick. All right, thanks, guys. We'll be back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Wednesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training located in Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. We will be there next Wednesday, May the 5th. Cinco de Mayo, we will be seeing if they're going to let us hit some. I'll get in there, and my timing's off. Uh, A couple years ago, I got in and took BP practice with the Jones College baseball team, and didn't touch a ball for two rounds. Chris Kirkland kind of got upset, coached me up, and I started hitting line drive. So I'll try to 
bring it back uh, out next week. Next year. Uh, hey, guys. Is, yeah. Hey, guys. All-state catcher, first team for West Jones, batted 460 my senior year. You'll never hear that again. But hopefully I'll be able to tap into that a little next week. But Kelly Sander will be there, too. We'll be at DBAT. And D1 training in, in Hattiesburg. A couple news and notes. Southern Miss uh, men in round three at the Conference USA Golf Championship tied for seventh as a team. Matt Lorenz tied for eighth overall. Eagles have two inside the top 12, two golfers inside the top 12. So they will uh, finish up today. Merche Corbis show for ladies golf has been named the Conference USA Women's Freshman of the Year. Just announced today, she appeared in all nine tournaments and averaged right at 75 uh, strokes around, the lowest by a freshman in school history, seventh overall in the history of the school, first conference uh, award in like this for women's golf. So congratulations uh, to Merche uh, Corbuchot. Also, Nick Mullins, guys, uh, you know, he had to go get his UCL repaired from a, from an injury, and it looks like he's getting ready to uh, to be back. He was the first NFL quarterback to undergo UCL repair with an internal brace. So he has less recovery time than the normal Tommy John. So there's a video on Twitter of Nick standing outside the hospital throwing some uh, 100% throwing some uh, football. So so good to see Nick back. We bring in Kelly Sander on the last segment on this Wednesday. Sander, what's going on and what you got for us? Well, Conference USA football news, uh, the, the- the after effects of coronavirus on budgets across the country are really starting to uh, hit the headlines, and Conference USA is certainly no different. Louisiana Tech has announced that it has restructured its contract with head football coach Skip Holtz uh, because of money being so tight and money losses within that athletic department because of coronavirus. Uh, coach Holtz has agreed to move a large, a large part of his salary toward the back end of his contract, uh, so that the school has years to recoup some of the money that it lost during coronavirus. And in exchange for that, the school has extended his contract through 2025. But by Skip Holtz doing that, it moves him down the ladder as far as Conference USA coaches go, as now the sixth highest paid uh, in the league. I think you could certainly argue that his resume would be in the top two or three. But salary-wise uh, salary now, because he has restructured his deal, he is sixth on the list, which can only tell you that he really must like it at Louisiana Tech if he's willing to do that. But again, in in exchange, the school gave him a couple extra years on his contract through 2025. So with him being moved down to six, who do you guys think would be the the highest paid coach now in Conference USA, uh, head coach in football, Conference USA? Uh, I'm going with UTEP, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, you're a gambling man, aren't aren't you, Rob? There's obviously no money riding on this. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Luke? You going to Willie Taggart? Yeah, picking UTEP's like picking uh, Winthrop to win the NCAA tournament. I mean, yeah, like picking, good, good call on that, Bob. Matsuyama right, to win the Masters. Uh, I'm going to go. Um, I got a couple bouncing around in my head just because of tenure and past experience. Butch Davis, FIU. Uh, Butch Davis is a really good guess because he was a certainly a marquee name when he went to to FIU, but uh, both of you are wrong. Bill Clark at UAB is now the highest paid coach. What does he make, Kelly? Uh, With incentives, $1.65 million. (laughs) He has a base of $1.35 and then with other incentives, one so is it fair to say, Sander, that the that the football coach at UAB makes more than the best surgeon at the UAB Medical Center? 
I don't know about that, Bob. That would be a nah. really that would be a really good study because <laughs> you know a lot of Andrews is still connected to Health South, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Doctor. That's Andrews. where that's where I got my ACL done. Yeah, Andrew's still connected. That's where he was from. I know he's in Pensacola now, but hmm. I mean that's some of the world's best athletes go to Hilt South in Birmingham. But right, Bill Clark and, makes and, a lot of money, including NFL uh, players. And of course, the NFL draft begins Thursday night. And breaking just about an hour ago, the Carolina Panthers have traded quarterback Teddy Bridgewater to the Denver Broncos really? in exchange for a sixth round pick. So Teddy Bridgewater now is out of the NFC South. No more Teddy Bridgewater against the New Orleans Saints. He is headed to Denver, although the Broncos said just because they traded for Bridgewater today doesn't mean that they won't go after a quarterback on the draft Thursday night. Real intriguing uh, this coming Thursday night, the National Football League draft. Round one on Thursday, second awesome. and third round they've, on Friday. And the rest they've of got Friday. an eighth. They're eighth overall, so you got to be thinking if Justin Fields falls there, Trey Lance or Mac Jones, the Panthers are going to draft at eight. Could very could very well be, but the Broncos have said that you know again they're they're in the quarterback market as well. So and who do the Bengals get? In the Kelly Center. Who do the Bengals get? I think they're going to probably draft the wide receiver Chase out of uh, LSU, so they can reunite him with uh, Joe Burrow. There we go. But, well, but they need to get some offensive line help, or Joe Burrow will be reunited with his surgeons. <laughs> <laughs> Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss. <laughs> to the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.